What's up, everybody? It's Tommy Runs, and this is the Run, Eat, Sleep Show episode number 83. This episode was recorded in July when I was in Eugene, Oregon. I got an opportunity to sit down with Neve Shulman from Catfish, you know, the show on MTV, the one that's been around for quite some time now that's done, done amazing, amazing numbers and is thriving as a show. Um, that that Neve. So it was really cool to catch up to Neve. Neve is a runner. He is training for the New York Marathon. So we talked about that. We talked about what he's looking forward looking forward to in the space of running. Um, he had the opportunity to go out to uh, World Championships with the USATF. So that was really cool. So he's really looking forward to just diving into the industry and seeing what's out there and kind of using his platform to. You know, spread the word about running and do some cool things around it. So I can't wait to see what happens with that. Uh, we talked about balance with family. We talked about training as uh, he is training for the New York City Marathon, like I said. But he's training under or with Ken Rideout. If you don't know who Ken Rideout is, you need to check it out. He's an absolute animal. Insane. Crushing the Masters uh, marathon game when it comes to like all of the majors. So... Uh, check uh, Ken out. Uh, it's Ken right out on Instagram. Anyway, uh, Neve is a really cool guy. Um, it was really cool, really, really chill. Uh, talked about quite a few different things. Uh, and I liked part, the parts that he talked about, you know, kind of overcoming struggles or overcoming issues in life. Uh, so please tap in. Thanks so much for watching. Make sure, well, watching. Make sure for listening. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, please. Uh, also share this episode if you like anything that Neve said, you know, screen record it, share it on Instagram, tag the Run Eat Sleep Show, tag Tommy Runs. Um, please follow the Run Eat Sleep Show on Instagram and follow Tommy Runs on Instagram so that all this stuff keeps kind of rolling and getting better and gooder and greater and all that. So thank you. Please enjoy the episode. Love you guys. Neve, how you doing, man? All right. I'm, I'm very excited. Very excited. Well, I'm super excited. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> excited you. about being on your podcast. Excited that I'm in Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. I'm going to the track event tonight for the world's like it's a lot, a lot going on. Well, right. let's just start there sure. because we are in Eugene. Um yeah. and it's the world championships. First time on US soil. It's ex- first time as as I've just learned outdoors. Apparently, really? there was an indoor world like some okay. years back. So I don't, I didn't even. Well, I got the whole lowdown on my drive from the airport to the hotel. So because this is the, the first outdoor worlds on U.S. soil. Was that like Uber? important distinction? Was that no, like he was a, expertise. A, no, no, no. It was a member of the USATF mm-hmm. who picked us up in the airport, and on the way, I said, "Tell me everything you need to know." Okay. And I'm glad he did because I'm. I, I didn't know that. Though. There you go. Yeah, and I've been here for days. There you go. No one's been here to tell me that, so I'm feeling really upset about my, my, <laughs> my lack of knowledge. I tried to. Well, that's what's to... so weird to me is that there's such a distinction between the indoor and the outdoor. Yeah, I mean the t- faster times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but time. weird that, to me that indoor is sort of considered like a lesser lesser like achievement. Yeah. Well, I mean, so today we okay, I watched the, I watched the ten thousand meter, um, right? And it's ninety degrees. That's true. It's hot. Yeah. Yeah. So like no, that, I get it. that I get itself. It. I get it. But I mean, I get it though. I mean, it seems kind of weird. But I'd much rather. I think the vibe is much better. And so, are you? You're excited to be here because you are a runner, obviously. Um, yeah. But like, what does it mean for you to be here? Um, and are you excited? What are you excited to see? Well, I've been to Portland before for mm-hmm. I think Catfish, just to film an episode, and uh, but never really explored outside of 
Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of the Pacific Northwest, so I'm just happy to be in such a beautiful place. But obviously, I'm sure everyone listening to this knows the importance of Eugene, the University of Eugene, in terms of the history of long distance running, and Nike, and all of that. So it's just cool to be in in a place that's so steeped in running lure and tradition and nostalgia. Uh, even just the, just outside the hotel, there's the sculpture of Prefontaine, which is so cool. Uh, you know, and I grew up with a dad who was big into sports and athletics and running. And he would always talk to me about Prefontaine. And because, you know, he, my dad is a, like, was I think basically the exact same age. So when my dad was in college, Prefontaine was in college. And like, my dad got into running because of him, you know, so, so it's just cool that I can share this with my dad. And he's so excited that I'm here. He was watching the 10,000 meter also earlier and texted me, you know, it's just like, just exciting for me. Yeah. No, that, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so I guess we'll start there. I mean, because I, I know, like you said, your dad was a runner. Um, yeah. And so how did running become, when did running become a thing for you? So I never really participated in any kind of organized running as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I went, you know, everybody has to do the mile run at, in PE yeah. class. How was that for you? Let's, let's stop it was there. good. I, think, <laughs> I don't really remember exactly. I think if I... I vaguely remember running in the sixes, yeah, which is you know, yeah, that's pretty good. What, as that's a, like as middle like a, school, right? Yeah, yeah, six thirty or something. Maybe, in there. maybe you missed your calling though. Cause... Well, so that's the thing. So, and then I really didn't participate in running at all. I mean, at summer camp, I went to like an all boys sports camp for the summers, but like, you know, and I was always uh, one of the quicker kids, but I was by no means like the fastest. Yeah, um, but I always felt pretty good about my my running time, my mile time. Um, and then I totally didn't run at all in, you know, really at all in yeah. high school, college, um, and most of my young adult life. But like I said, my dad used to run a lot and he ran the New York City Marathon. I think, I can't remember exactly, it was 1985, 1986, one, one of those years in the mid 80s when I was either pre-born or just born. Um, and he had run it in just under three hours which is a very solid time. Yeah, yeah. And every year after that, when I was old enough to remember, he would take me and my brother because we would spend weekends with my dad because my parents were divorced. And my dad lives still on 68th and Central Park West, mm-hmm. which is one block from the finish line of the marathon. Nice. So we would just walk on Sunday mornings, that first Sunday in November, to the finish line. It was obviously very different back then. You could just walk into the stands and find right. the spot. Well, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was no <laughs> credentials or badges or right. tickets. You right. just went. Um, and we would watch the finisher, the, the you know, the, the first place finishers cross the line. It was just such a cool little tradition that we had. And he would always use it to talk about his running days and his time. And, you did know, he, did he start the stories off with the back in my day? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure we're, we're yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> So I always had this weird place in my childhood for running. Um, But it wasn't until 2015 that I happened to be spending a weekend at my friend Casey Neistat's house in Connecticut. And at the time he was big into triathlons and racing. And he just happened to be competing in a mini sprint triathlon that weekend. Mm. And it sounded interesting. And he was like, you should do it with me. I was like, sure. Okay. I mean, hadn't, competed in a running race ever mm-hmm. certainly had no training in swimming, but had been cycling a lot as a, like, that was my sport kind of growing up. I, okay. I did some big team tours. Like I oh, loved really? riding my bike. So mm-hmm. like I was, I went into cycling again, never, never trained. Right. Anyway, 
I borrowed a pair of sneakers from one neighbor. I borrowed a bike from the other and I swam in like my, I think maybe a bathing suit. But like next day? It was, yeah, it was, the, I got up there on a Friday afternoon and the race was Saturday morning. So what even is, yeah, 12 hours so, later, you're. Yeah, so it, so it starts with a, I don't even, I don't know if it's a half mile, probably not. It's yeah, probably, I don't remember what the sprint is, but it's the like... swim. I don't remember how far it was. I could see the buoy. I had to swim uh, out like and maybe around. 800 meters, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. it's only whatever it is. Seemed like forever. It's open water, and it's took. I think it took me like forty something minutes. Really? I mean, I was just. I you yeah. know, I, if you think you're in shape, try <laughs> swimming for for even five minutes. Yeah, right. So I ended up just backstroking the whole way, just like trying not to drown. They had like a little lifeboat, like oh, Lord. with me the whole way, <laughs> making sure you're okay. Yeah. Anyway, I I finished. I made up a lot of time on the bike section and then I ran my 5k and it was like yeah. exhilarating. And I just remember feeling like, wow, I haven't, haven't even trained, but I just finished this faster than some people. Yeah. Cool. Like maybe I should get into stuff. And or, and then it just so happened that I got invited to kind of run the New York city marathon that year. And I was like, you know what? This is great. Perfect. What a great excuse to see if I can do this. Yeah. Anyway, I won't keep going, but. I set a goal that year, 2015, to, to run a sub three yeah. marathon because that's what my dad had always said. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, and he did it. I'll do it. T turned out to be harder than I thought. Okay. What was and that first time? My first race was a 3.34. Okay. I mean, that's not Nothing to sneeze at, at. Yeah. But I had not really trained and, you know, didn't, didn't think I was going to do it, but yeah. I realized very quickly after that, like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I have to really work hard. Right. So the next year I worked harder and I ran a 321, I think. And then I got serious and I joined up with uh, the, the sort of head coach at New York Roadrunners, mm -hmm. Roberto Manje, who's amazing. Yeah. And he started training me and I was doing really well. I was on track to crush it. Uh, and I hurt myself. I, I trained a little too hard and didn't really do enough like self care. Right. So I couldn't run that year, which was 2017. Recovered, 2018, finally uh, trained hard again and achieved my goal of a 2.58. And so, that's ex is, is that, that's the same time as your father? Turns out well, he doesn't have an official time the way that we oh, do now. Okay. Because back then, there was no tracking devices, obviously. It was okay. the 80s. So the way it worked was the gun would go off. Uh -huh. And as you were... Crossing the like, you know, there's still 15 or 20,000 people, so it still took there were no waves. Do you know math? Well, so they would just have people calling out at the start line every 30 seconds. They'd be like, one minute, 30 seconds, two no. minutes. So you'd have to like hear it, figure where your time was, and then at the end, you'd have to subtract that from the finish line clock. So he doesn't know his exact time, but he knows that he finished around 304 or 305, and that he was about six or so minutes behind the gun. <laughs> so, like, he just sort of in his right. head, it was like it was around a two fifty eight, which is crazy because that's like exactly what I did. Right? But is he decent at math, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a smart guy. Okay, cool. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, I did it, and and it was awesome. And not, I mean, I wasn't awesome. That was a shoot, tough day. Yeah, hard, not fun, but yeah. very satisfying and rewarding. Okay, so, so just because I, I just love like the story that your first one yeah. was three thirty four. Yes. Okay, and then you took out the next marathon. Yeah, the following year. Following year. Right is um 321 yeah 321 and right. then third one was third time to charm yes although it took me right longer right, than sometime. i hoped right so like but yeah that, but i think that's really that's dope because i mean there's so many people that like have a goal and they think that you know i want to break you know do sub three and all this other stuff um but 
so many people get discouraged when they hit that speed bump. Yeah, no, yeah. it took me four years. Yeah. I mean, and I, I consider the year I injured myself as an important year too, because I had to find a better balance of like yeah. self-care. Mm -hmm. You know, and what did that look like though? Right? Well, it just meant like more stretching, mm -hmm. but specifically, you know, getting into a, a routine, you know, kind of a, a place where I would get physical therapy because I have a specific injury of like a lower back, yeah. like a herniated disc. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's stuff I can do, but there's also stuff I can't do. So I, I would, I would regularly go see a, a PT sports right. massage chiropractor guy who would like help keep me healthy. And then I would do certain stretches and, and exercises in between training. And, you know, like that, finding that balance for me was essential. Cause like, unfortunately, you know, until the laser spine Institute reaches out and offers me uh, treatment, which I think we should talk to them because, you know, maybe they can help me, but I think this might be the, episode this, this might be it. Um, You're welcome. I have limitations physically that I think that, that do, I think keep me from training as hard as I'd like to. Like I know if I, as soon as I start running around six minute miles, mm -hmm. which I only do in training, obviously, or, or if I go any faster for any reason, like my body just doesn't respond well to that. Mm -hmm. So it's tricky. You know, like I've got to find a balance and, and a place where I can be training to get faster, but not going too fast. Cause then I end up slowing myself down because right. I have to recover and yeah. you know, it's a problem. But I mean, even on just like a, you know, you have something that's like, you know, chronic you know, injury yeah. or you know, thing that you have to deal with. But I mean, there's so many people that, tell that line just with everything like sure. we, we go too hard we do too many miles right. we go too fast and then we all have to kind of find that balance and i think that that's cool that you took the time to keep going you set that goal early you know four years later you yeah. just kept working through it even though i'm sure it was pretty painful at certain certain points yeah i mean it, it's weird because like i for for whatever reason i'm not usually a good goal setter okay. like usually if there's something i want I need to be able to achieve it very quickly or, like, or I just sort of give up mm -hmm. and, and running was for, but far and away, the first thing I ever found I could do it was hard for me, yeah. but that I could excel at and track my progress enough to make it interesting and fun and, and engaging and spend four years sort of working towards something yeah. like that's, I've never worked like that towards a, a sort of extracurricular goal yeah. like that before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So partly that I was sort of naturally good at it made me feel good. Like, you know, even, even my three, three, four time, I was, I was impressed that like that put me in a certain level of, of marathon, you know, class. I was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm pretty good. And I could work a lot harder. All right, let me see how good I can get. Mm. And I'm actually still curious because there was definitely a little bit of a letdown. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but after every marathon I've done, I've done like six now. You work for it, you get excited, you train for it, and then it kind of happens, and you're like, "All right, now what am I gonna do? like? Mm -hmm. Do I really want to keep going out and running every week?" Like, yeah. like and I usually take a, like a month or two off. Yeah, I'm just like, "All right, I need a break." Yeah, um, but something keeps calling me back yeah. every year, and and obviously my my marathon since then have not been under three hours because I haven't trained right. like that. Um, they've been you know like three twenty something, but like. I want to know how fast I can go. So this year I actually am going to, to in New York, in New York, I'm going to train hard again, but like at a very different level, okay. a higher level. All right. I think. 
We can get into that later. Or no, whatever. I mean, yeah. whatever. No, I mean, I, I love that because <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you, it, it is, it, it is tough to. And I would like to kind of start back because you said that you know you never were like the goal setting type of person. Not goal setting, right. like long term. It was more yeah. like you know you think of something, you have an idea, you go after it, right. execute, fix it as you go, or whatever. Right. Well, if, and if, or if it's clear to me that it's not something I can achieve easily right away, I'll just be like, all right, that's not for me. Right. Which is fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, it works out. Yeah, you know, it sure. works out in many different. Whatever. Ways. It's worked out for me somehow. Yes. So. We, we're, we're here, right? <laughs> but like. You know, I, I think that that is really cool because that's the same thing that happened for me. It's like running was is the first thing that just you just keep sticking, you stick to it, keep going, and yeah. you find like these new things about yourself in this process. Like, so is it for you? Is it the the running of the marathon part, or is it the training that you feel like has made you stick around? I guess it's interesting. I mean. I'm not training year round for anything. I think what keeps me going is a, that I like maintaining a level of fitness that running accomplishes for me. Um, and every year the thought like, you know what, I'll probably will want to do the marathon again this year. So like, I want to maintain a baseline of fitness and then maybe if I'm feeling good, I'll like turn it up and see how fast I can get. Um, but I think weirdly the thing that keeps me running just in general is that I guess I enjoy it, mm. but I never enjoy it while I'm doing it. I'm not like the kind of person that wakes up and is like, ah, I gotta go for a run. I just, I love, it's like, I never want to go for a run really. Yeah. I usually have to make the decision the night before and be like, you're going to do a run tomorrow. Yeah. Being on the road helps a lot of, you know, when I'm traveling, it's fun because I'm in new places. I can like explore the town or find some river trail along, you know, like that, that I enjoy. Um, but it's weird. Like I'm not, I don't really do the runner's high thing. Like I, can we talk about this runner's sure. high? Sure. I don't think that I've ever had a runner's, like, I don't understand what the thing is, like what happens in the runner's high because maybe I've had it. Right. But I just don't feel like I was just like, man, I can keep going I mean, I've forever. Had runs that felt good yeah right right we're like oh this is i'm going like sometimes you know after a few miles you loosen up and you're like cool, cool like i'm feeling good right but i don't know if i've when my yeah. if, I, if i'm on schedule to run eight miles <laughs> i don't care how good i feel at seven right. and a half i'm stopping at eight right yeah i mean if no, i can't right it's rare that i'll like keep going right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i never got that like i'm glad that you said yeah that. but yeah because uh, the reason why i said because i think that I, I'm, I really love, I guess, the, the process and thought of towing the line and then going after this goal that you trained for and then maybe doing it or getting right. it right. That feels great. But then I, I think that there's something in like the day to day stuff that is different from like maybe the, the past version of myself that I thought I was to stick with something for like 12 weeks or 16 weeks or yeah. whatever it is that, like you said, like I'm... Some people wake up in the morning and their their running shoes are on the floor and right. they just slide their feet in. They're smiling, right? That's not me, but it's something about that process of just going after it anyway that has changed my life, you know. And I think that it it it's touched so many people's lives too. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just a cool. I don't know. It's a cool community. I think that's also what keeps drawing me in. Yeah, is that I've made some good friends now, and the energy of a race day, the camaraderie of 
talking to people like you know my wife always rolls her eyes every time i meet like another runner and we start talking yeah. running but Again. and she partly rolls her eyes because she used to be a great runner but since she had a knee injury she she kind of misses it and she's annoyed that i get to do all the running and so it's like a mix of mixture of emotions yeah. um and also because she's just annoyed of hearing me talk about it but um yeah it's a it, it is this weird addiction and I don't, I can't really explain it because yeah. most of the time when I think about my running, it's, it's not necessarily that I love it and I can't wait to do it again. It's yeah. always, but, but I think the, the, the competition aspect obviously appeals to me mainly because it's personal, you know, I, mm -hmm. just me yeah. up to me. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm not trying to win. Right. I'm just yeah. trying to do something that I feel good about. That headline would be sweet, though. Right. Neve oh, Wednesday, man. Neve Wednesday, New York City Marathon. Well, I'm usually mentioned in, like, the, you know. Yeah. <laughs> celebs. I think I'm, I think I currently hold one of, if not the fastest sort of celebrity New York City Marathon really? time, excluding Lance Armstrong. He doesn't count. Well, he that technically does not count, because I think it was during, uh, yeah, his time, uh, it was expunged. Um, but, oh, yeah, wow. I think, I think I'm... I'm I'm one of, if not the fastest, you know, well, if amateur uh, celeb runner. No, no shade to Lance Armstrong, but if <laughs> no, he is ahead of you on that list, he definitely is. I feel like he shouldn't be. I mean, it's just a question of you know whether you count it or not. Yeah, I mean, he's an right. athlete, right? Know? Oh, that's true, right? He's a celebrity athlete, right? Right, and he was doping at the time, apparently, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wait, was that the thing? I think it was dirt. It was. Oh, that was during yeah, the time yeah, of the yeah. start to finish of the thing. Yeah, he yeah. was still an active rider then, so I think that I think. I don't know if they've officially kind of taken yeah. away that time from whatever. Yeah. But he was a, he's a celebrity athlete. That's so true. Yeah, he should right, be on the right, list anyway. Right. You know, doping or not. But so so let's talk about the training though for for New York because you seem really excited about. Well, so I'm I am really excited. So I've, as I've continued to love running and and meet more runners and get more involved in the community, mm -hmm. um, I've let this last year at uh, the marathon. I met a guy, he came up to me actually at the start line because his wife is a big fan of catfish. And he was like, oh my God, my wife is such a big fucking fan of yours. He has a thick Boston accent. It's like, you know, she's not, she's not going to believe this. You got to you gotta take a picture with me. I was like, all right, great, let's do it. And he's like, oh shit, I don't have my phone. <laughs> hey, right, I was like, all right, I'll use my phone. 100% right. Boston. I'll use my phone and I'll send it to her. Yeah, you know, yeah. He was like, yeah. what's, oh man, you're such a great guy. So I send this text to some random number. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it turns out, the guy was a runner named Ken Rideout. Oh, Ken Rideout. Yeah. That's hilarious. And Ken and I have become really good friends. That's a, We've that, run a few times together now. And you sounded just like now that you well, said it. it was that great. Now he hears this, he'll probably be upset. But um, so he called me a couple weeks ago and he says, I, I'm not going to do that too far. But he said, no, please do it. Please. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, he said, the first time. But was... For those of you listening who don't know who Ken is. He's 51 or 52 now. Yeah, and he's like masters. And and, and just in the last like four or five years, yeah. having never competed as a runner, mm. but always been athletic and into UFC and all boxing, he decided he wanted to see if he could become a marathoner and now has become the world's fastest over 50 runner. Yeah. yeah. And I think he was the first in Boston. He, yeah, he's got he's he's first now in a few. He's in the Masters League. Yeah, yeah. I think he's first in, in New York. I think he's first in Boston. He was second in like London, but he'll tell you that the guy who finished first <laughs> cheated basically because he lied, like lied and had a, and got a bib that put him in like a different wave. Mm. So Ken didn't know 
he was ahead of him yeah. because he didn't think anyone else from his league, his his wave was as fast. So Ken was like, oh, I, I didn't push because I didn't know oh, there so was the guy, a master's guy in another wave. The guy's like behind him somewhere just I don't know. The point him. is, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like a, he, you know, he, I can he, see that, you know. It can, yeah, it matters. Anyway, so he's now like the fastest over 50 marathoner in the world. Yeah. And he, so and we've been friends and talking about doing something. He's like, we should, we got to do something. Let's do. It. So I said, he said he I, he wants to start a training program. He wants to start like an elite marathon mm. training program. And would I be interested in in participating? Of course, of course I said yes. And I, I invited my friend Casey Neistat to do it with me because he is moving back to New York and he's never run a sub three in New York and he really wants to. So so the two of us and maybe some others are going to train under like the Ken Rideout program. Oh my god! <laughs> starting August first. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do, like what keep up or not. What did you sign up for? I don't know. I mean, have you, you said well, because he's a maniac. You know, he runs yeah, ten miles him. every day. You said you met him. No, why I've run you... with him. I know he's a total lunatic. So but why would you sign this kind? Because of... I want to push. I want to. Like, how exciting yeah. to see how good I can get. Yeah, he's gonna push it. He's gonna right. He's gonna set up a program. Obviously, I'm not gonna be with him every day, so he can't physically make me do it. <laughs> but having the accountability with him and with Casey yeah. and like committing to it in a meaningful way, I think will will be really exciting yeah that's really cool i mean because it's always good to have some excitement going into like a 16 week thing yeah it's just it's just it's just fun to have something to work for yeah that that's ephemeral and essentially just for you Mm -hmm. you know i mean i have lots of other important things happening in my life all the time my work my family Mm -hmm. you know all of which could use more time and energy and and certainly not that I don't want to or am not applying that time into it, but like it's just important to have something that's like yeah. yours yeah. that that you're doing just because it excites you and, and it's and it's challenging and, yeah. and just keeps your brain engaged and your body. You know, it's I'm gonna have to get in the best shape of my life. Like yeah. that that's a good excuse as any. Right. So and then you know, I'm not a huge, huge fan of like just like the word like the balance you know because like at the at times there's going to be sure. you're going to be leaning into right. you know catfish more or this or that or whatever um how, but how right now i guess or in the in the in the few years how have you worked at finding that level that works for you and the things around you i mean i don't know how well it works <laughs> if i'm being honest you know like i have hobbies and and running obviously is one of them um, I think my strategy in the last year since I've started working with Liam is to make running more of a legitimate sort of business p- part of my life. Right. So I'm not just doing it because I love it, but also it could potentially lead to opportunities and, and uh, you know, financial gains right. Right. Um, because I like it enough and I'm good enough at it and I have enough of a platform that I feel like, okay, I could actually mix my work and, and passion here, my hobby, you know? So that's, I think, somewhat helpful. Like even just coming here this weekend, you know, I left my wife and kids at home and like, but I, I'm here, you know, I was, I was brought here. I didn't have to pay, you know, pay my way. And Koros is paying me to talk about their watches and do some social media. So like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So cool. Great. Like I got an experience and this might lead to more opportunities. So it's, it's exciting that I can start to make running part of my work life as well as my sort of extracurricular life. That's all. I mean, that is a nice watch though too. Which one yeah, is that? it's a nice which, watch. Which one is that one? It's the, I can't remember. What's it called? It's the Apex? 
The Apex. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Thank you. Yeah, Apex. Yeah. Um, yes, very shiny, very new. So, but yeah, yeah like I, I, I wear a Chorus watch too and have been for maybe six to 10 months or something like that. And they, they do a good job. Man. Yeah. They're really... It's nice. I was so surprised and delighted when I realized it also like syncs with your phone for texts and calls. So, yeah, mine does too. But I'm like a maniac with my phone. So, if I had it buzzing me here too, I would be useless oh, for well, everyone right. else. Yeah. Like, because I would have to check. Well, you know what it's nice for when I'm on a run? Yep. You don't have to look at your phone. Right. I don't have to take my phone out from like the slide sweaty pocket. I can yeah. just, if it, I can see what it is without having to engage with my phone yeah and if it's something i need to respond to which it rarely is but right. if it is then at least i'll i'm aware of it right right and how, how, how many kids and how old are they you i have three kids three kids my daughter's five and a half five and three quarters excuse me yeah, sorry yeah, dude, my, don't mess that part <laughs> up bro my son is three and a half uh and my second son is like 10 months awesome awesome so it's a tough time to be going you know it's gonna be Trans a tough time. fall on my wife when i am home and I'm like, I gotta go train for an hour and a half. You know, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, which is why a sponsorship would really help Liam. Uh, you know what would be? I can really justify my training. You know what would be a great? I don't know. Maybe we should put this out there in the atmosphere. But you know, it'd be a good sponsorship Please. is like one of the the push stroller, the runner stroller. Actually, people. that's a great idea. I have a, a little bit of a relationship with um, Up a Baby, and they have a great stroller. They just sent us called the Ridge, which is like a, their running stroller. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, that's a good see, idea. See, you're good at this already. Yeah, you already... I know. Well, I also have the Kid Runner. Do you know about that? No. It's the that? it's the one that goes around your waist and then like has an arm and there's like a little buggy behind yeah, yeah. you. So your yep. your arm you don't have to push. So it. there's this lady right. that runs with. She sometimes runs with two of them somehow. Oh my god! Like yeah, crazy. and they're like, and she looks like I don't know. It looks pretty like nuts. a double. Wow. Yeah, but she's yeah. It's see the problem with them isn't the design or the idea. It's like. Is your kid down to sit behind you on a long run for an hour? I don't know. And I think the only way to do it is really just to give him an iPad. Right. In the in the buggy. Right. Right. Unless it's a baby, in which case maybe well, they'll sleep. Wait, wait, what, do you cry. what do you consider a baby? Like under one years old. Okay. So the, the ten month old would be part of this. Baby. He might he might like it and then nap or just enjoy it. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of sleep going on. But can you put a car seat in there? Does it get hot in there? I mean, if it's hot, it's hot. Yeah. It's covered though. Yeah, it's pretty cozy. I took I've done I've done a few runs with my older son and he likes it for the first 15 or 20 minutes and mm -hmm. then it's like he starts getting annoyed and getting back is whatever. It's let's yeah. not talk about that too yeah. much. I think that's probably but I, you better know, kid runner or yeah. or uh, up a baby wants to talk about yeah, something I'm I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're doing good at this so far. No, and um yeah, cuz I have well mine are my kids are put, are past this age. I'm, I have a 15 year old and an 11 year old. How, soon. What? Huh? You? That's yeah. shocking. I'm 37. Okay, so you did have kids young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got to jump on it. You know. Wow. I was like, let me just knock these out. You know. Yeah, and, we're, I'm 37 too. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. So I. Started, and I'm like considered a young dad. Are you? I mean, not a lot of my friends have kids yet. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like so. I just want that right. out of the way. You know. Kids out of that, like Jeez. so. My son will be when he when I'm when he's eighteen. I think I'll be like forty four. Right. You know, so I'll just be ready for the. But go. he said he's fifteen. He's eleven. Oh, your yeah, son. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Daughter first. Got it, fifteen. Got it, got it, got it. Pain, pain in the butt sometimes. Love her a lot though. Right. And then eleven, he's soon to be twelve. But I'll be forty four, ready for them to go, empty nest type vibes. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, I'm excited. About that it. is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah. Um. But so. 
I just felt like, you know, it, it is tough though, that, that balance thing, you know? And, but I feel like, well, do you feel like the, the more that they understand like what the reason behind you, you know, cause it's obviously, you know, you're not training for the money. You're not right. going to push yourself to be the you know, best you can be because of the money. <laughs> right. But like, so I feel like sharing the, the why that you're doing it on top of everything is, is really cool because your family, you kind of get to bring your family along the journey instead of just saying how to go. It's like, right. Hey, here's why I'm really doing this. You know? Yeah. I, mean? I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I haven't really talked to the, my kids about why I run. Yeah. Well, they're but, a little bit pretty, pretty. Yeah. Nice. But they see me go for runs and they get it. And like, they'll come out to the marathon and cheer for me, which well, is really cool. sweet. Yeah. So I think it, it's definitely giving them a good, it's giving them good exposure to the idea of participating in athletic, mm-hmm. you know, competition. And, and yeah. um, it's funny because I'll always come home with a medal because you get a medal after you run everything. Yeah. And they always just assume that means I won. <laughs> yeah. so do you, like do you, do you break that uh, not, I mean, I mean I have, I'm not lying to them about yeah. it but like they love to think that I'm winning these races yeah they're they're, they're, going, to, they're going to school like and whenever I can I'll get two medals sometimes they're they're stifflers about it but like so stupid. oh like stickler. stifler is character stifler is a character stickler hilarious yeah. by the way um you know, I'll always be like, hey, can I get a second medal? And sometimes they'll say sure, and sometimes they'll say no. I'm just going to go out here on a limb and say that if I ask for a second medal, I don't think they're going to give it to me. Well, they don't always give it to me. Sometimes I have to loop back around, <laughs> hide the first one, and get another. No, because, like, you know, if I come home with one, yeah, inevitably know. they both want it. You yeah, know? And then now you got to give your medal. Well, I don't care. I usually don't keep them. I don't keep my medals. No. Nothing? No uh, bib? You don't have, like, a wall of bibs? No. Well, it's been six. Do you do like 5Ks and 10Ks and stuff like that too? So yeah, I have. Yeah, I'll do half marathons too. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, those are a little um, more fun than the marathon. Way more like. fun. Yeah. In fact, I'd, I'd love to just be a half marathon guy. Yeah. But um, well, New York has a half. I don't, no, oh, they do. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I ran, ran the half this year. How'd you do it? How'd you like it? I think I did really well, actually. I think I had a PB. Okay. What's the difference between a PB and a PR? Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, personal best personal record. Right. Okay. Yeah, I but think it's people, like where you're right. where you're from, Got it. all that okay. stuff. Um, you know what's crazy? We're getting off topic. Please. I say online, <laughs> but my phone auto corrected it to inline the other day. Wait, 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 wait. What's the like waiting? I'm waiting at the store online. Yeah, it's not. I don't think that's the way online is used. Well, it it was before the internet. I don't know. You don't know anyone else. You say in line. Never, ever. Get like, in wait, line. But in you can't. Line. But yeah. But get. Because that's an act of getting in the line. Okay. But you can also say, hey, get on, get, get online. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I we'll put it to the listeners to, to, to vote. I think, that that is the, uh, I think that's the, the funniest thing, though. Yeah. I mean, I could I see. I just thought it was aggressive that autocorrect. Someone at Apple was like, no, 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 no. no we no. need to, this needs to be corrected. We're fixing this. We're, we're eradicating right. the online. They're not even going to let you send it no. out and talk to you later about it. It's like right here, right now. Yeah. It's in line, sir. So. Get in line. Yeah. It's they really all... put me in line. See? Yeah, there you go. Because you can't say they put me online. That's true. But there is a, anyway. Let's, let's... That, that was fine with me. We yeah. could stay there forever. But, so. Let's get back in track. It, on <laughs> No, so talking about track on, oh, on track in track. Yeah. So, anyway, whatever. So if you um, running for so many people, 
to just kind of jump back to that part. Yeah. Running for so many people can be like a meditative mm-hmm. thing or, oh, yeah. or it can, or maybe not, it just helps them in so many other ways. But I'd love to know like for someone as busy and a family and all this other stuff and a human that has yeah. ups, downs, sure. whatever, how has like running affected your life? You know? Well, I think my, you know, gift and curse is the sort of hyperactivity of my brain. You know, I was diagnosed very young, early on in the ADHD phenomenon, diagnosed, medicated, you know, did the Ritalin and the Adderall and it helped, but I didn't, whatever. I eventually got off of it Mm -hmm. when I realized that A, taking meds and B, school just weren't for me. Mm -hmm. I was just not good at, at a traditional learning environment. Anyway, but I have such a crazy dialogue happening in my head all day long. Um, Things that I want to do, remember, um, distractions that constantly people, the world, I'm very sensitive to my environment. So I'm always looking at and feeling and noticing and uh, frustrated with things happening around me. Um, And I think if I really am being honest about why I, took to running so much is because when I'm running, I don't think about anything. Mm. And it's such a nice shutdown for my brain. Cause I just, the world for me only exists within like the 10 or 15 feet in front of me. I don't listen to music. I, you know, I, I, I really can't run on a treadmill because that similarly then I become sensitive and aware of my environment and I'm looking at the clock and how many let it's like too many. Like I just want to be breathing. And sometimes I'll get like a, the chorus of a song stuck in my head or, but like it is weirdly very meditational for me. Yeah. Um, it, I didn't, wasn't aware of that at first, but it, after a few years and people started asking me, Oh, like, what do you listen to music? And I was like, no, I just actually like that. I don't do anything. I just, just in the world, my phone is not, active, you know, it's in my pocket. I'm not looking at it. I don't wear a watch or a heart rate. Bar. Like I just go out and it's just my body and the pavement and like the, the, whatever the world around me. And usually it's pretty quiet in the mornings, wherever I am. And you know, there's not a lot of stuff, you know, obstacles or issues. Right. It's just very peaceful. And I love that. I love that I can get away and turn off and not think about all the things that are happening in my life. I just have to think about like the, the loop I'm running or the, you know, yeah. however many miles I'm hoping to go. Yeah. It's great. So like a hard, kind of a hard turn a little bit, you know, like I, I'm really fascinated by, you know, there's, like I've been sober four or five years and I feel like some of the things that I thought were or told were bad qualities about me since being sober, I've found a way to attach to those exact same traits, I guess to use them to my benefit and maybe to help others. Right. Cool. And I'm wondering, I mean, cause ADHD is a thing that, especially like when we were growing up, it was this new thing that was bad and you know, all this other stuff. Yeah. But how has like, how has, how do you think that that's played a role in your life to, to date and sure. kind of push you to be successful? I mean, I think, are? yeah, I think for a long time I felt sort of bad about my inability to, f- focus on things that were tough mm-hmm. uh, and to apply myself when I wasn't 
excited about or or naturally good at something. Um, but in retrospect now, that ended up strangely directing me towards, but more importantly, away from things that I wasn't meant to be doing. Uh, and even though I might have done well there or might have achieved some level of, you know, excellence or whatever, it just wasn't for me. And so, so when I look back now at the first 26 years of my life, um, I see a very sort of distinct path of short sort of branches off of a, of a main tree trunk that weirdly introduced me to something or someone or some place that was important, but that I ended up then taking with me on another branch and then kind of continually gathering experiences and, and relationships and, and preferences that set me up perfectly for an opportunity that would have never otherwise existed. And that was sort of the, the catfish documentary and then the TV show. And like, I never in a million years at any point in my life prior to finding out that I was going to make a TV show would have ever said, oh, I want to host a TV show. Right. Or I think I'd be good at hosting a reality. Like never. It was never an interest or a desire. In fact, I kind of wasn't necessarily that excited to do it because I was like, ah, MTV reality show sounds yeah. kind of corny. It's yeah. not really like my thing. But sure, let's see. And it just was right. So I think trusting my instincts and my aversion to things and my excitement to others has done well for me. You know, it's, it may have been upsetting at times to other people. And, you know, I know my grandfather was disappointed I never graduated college. But, like, wasn't for me, right. you know. Uh, and, and I've discovered with running, I love this. Like something about it appeals to me. It's very rare that I'm this interested in this committed to anything. So clearly like I need to lean in. And then when I discovered that I was actually pretty good at it, you know, I mean, obviously as an amateur, it's like, wow, this is cool. I found something that I like doing that I'm good at. What else, like how far can I take this? Right. And so trusting that kind of combination of factors and having the ability to do that and the, and the good fortune that I can invest time and, and money and resources into something that I love because I believe that it will lead to something meaningful has been really rewarding. And it even uh, up until now has, you know, like I, in, very, in a lot of ways, I look at this weekend as like a major milestone that I got invited to the world championships by the USA track and field team. Like that's so cool, you know, and, and, I'm excited and we'll see what comes from here. And I think that the tree branch analogy is just great. I mean, cause it's like, it's different tree branches are different lengths and yeah. sometimes you just go down that road and, and pick up things along the way. Um, but it means you have obviously have a growth mindset as well, because you know, you, people would just get stuck in that and it, it didn't work for them. So that means that they're not who they think they are. And it's, it's a bad thing, you know, and I, I love that, like the grace that you apply to the journey. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you, if you want to take it like a little further, it's the difference between, you know, finding one branch that you really want to stick with and, and grow. And it can obviously yield a lot of fruit and leaves and shade, but my life has always strangely been more of like an upward growth, which means not having as much time to like, spend on the outward growth mm -hmm. in, in specific areas, but like always sort of trying to keep 
going up, yeah. what, what higher, whatever that means. And with running, I was like, not only is this something that I'm good at that I love, but like I can see a, a long future in it. You know, like I can I can be a runner for another thirty years. You know, like how cool is that? Yeah. You know, and I, I hope that I am. Yeah. So it just felt like a like a cool thing to discover as a 30 year old and now at 37 to still love it and, and want to do more of it and, and get more involved with it. Um, clearly it was, it just made sense. Yeah. And how old were you when you started catfish? 26. Yeah. And I mean, and, and I, obviously I've been doing that 10 years now and I still love it and enjoy it. And it's still going strong. So, um, hope, hopefully, it yeah. keeps going but. so like when so you I mean you started at 26 you said like from for the first 26 of your, your 26 years of your life you looked at things a little differently right and but like how how did um how did start it what were you like right before starting that show like was it is it was, oh, was that show such a big change and you really found out yeah, like, yeah. Hey, this well is so so yeah so up until then my job had been running a uh you know very small film production company that i started with my brother that primarily made bar mitzvah montages and like wedding videos uh which i sort of accidentally stumbled into because my brother was at film school and a family friend asked him to make a video of 60th birthday and he did and it was great and so then they wanted to refer him to another family and my brother was like i don't want to do this and i was like i'll do it sure and I'm like, why not and my friend thomas who was my roommate at the time was a film student. So we just said yes. And before I knew it, I had like two or three events every weekend making videos for, you know, wealthy New York city families. And, and my brother was at NYU film school. And so I was hiring all his friends who are now like big time Hollywood directors to make these funny videos for me. Um, but I knew right around the time that the Catfish documentary happened, that that was not my career and I didn't want to necessarily keep doing that. Um, and I had actually flown out to California the summer before Catfish came out at Sundance to meet with my old boss from BMW Motorcycles in New York to see if he'd give me a job. Because I, I was like, eh, it'd be cool to change things up, go out to LA. I love motorcycles and maybe he'll give me a job and we'll just see what happens. And uh, I think he was shocked that I actually came to meet him because it was in Riverside, which is like two hours outside of LA, like east. And I told him about Sundance and that, like, you know, this documentary was coming out and I didn't know what was going to happen. And, but I was like, but you know what? I'd love to work here with you. And he's, he said, absolutely not. Like, I'm not giving you a job. <laughs> you don't want to come here. Yeah. You don't, this is not the life for you. Like see what happens with this movie. And, and like, let that ride out. Yeah. Yeah. And it ended up, of course, being great advice. Um, but that's where I was. I was like looking for something, ready for a change. Yeah. Didn't know what it was going to be, but just sort of open to whatever. Yeah. So, like, what's the what is your what would be your advice for someone that is like in that mode? Maybe the person that's looking for something, that's looking yeah. for that next big branch or something in their lives, but. I mean, because there's so much pressure for us to keep rolling, keep doing things yeah. and trying to be successful, you know, quote, yeah. unquote. Like, what's your advice for somebody that's in that position? I think my, my advice for anybody at any point in their life is find people 
or even a person who is passionate and involved with something and get close to them. Mm. So like, cause I've never really, I mean, I've had my own interests and passions, but a lot of my success is because I was in the proximity of other people who were doing things and were really good at them. So when you meet people who are like that, find a way to be helpful, get involved, support them, be around them. Um, because inevitably they'll take you to new places and, and you, you, you know, you'll grow with them. I mean, I'm not, you know, don't, don't go to like a, an Elon Musk and be like, I'm passionate. I love, want to be friends with you. Like, no, find like other people at your level who are, um, attain, not attainable, uh, approachable. And, and whether you've known them before or, or you're just showing up because there was an ad for a production assistant, you know, even if it's like a free thing for a day, whatever, like being around other people who are excited and passionate and talented at something is a great place to be. If, if, if you're trying to change things up and, and open up some doors and new opportunities. So, so I think that's, a good place to start. Yeah, no, that's huge because I mean, there's they, you know, you always talk about people being you, you're the sum of the people that are around you, all that. Yeah. That vibe. So I mean, adding someone or not adding, but getting closer to someone, they, we probably know these people already though. You yeah. Know, it's like you, you just don't. Because when I was in my like lowest point, like I wasn't looking to go hang with the like the inspiring guy or whatever, you know, because that it make me feel different and bad right. about myself. So it's like sometimes we just have to step out of that to to and even if they you don't end up working with that person per se just their energy and how they look at things and how they go after things will, will rub off you know yeah and way. i th yeah and i think one of my best attributes or skills is being able to recognize talent um i know what my talents are and and how far they can take me but when i see someone who has far more talent than me I don't know if some people either get jealous or turned off by that, but like for me, that's so exciting because I immediately want to be near them. I want to sort of, you know, be a part of whatever they're doing, support them however I can um, and, and ride whatever wave they might be catching. Mm -hmm. um, and a few of those people that I've reached out to in the past, it's really worked out. You know, like I, I was passionate about dance. I, befriended a bunch of dancers. I offered them my film equipment when, when I was doing all that and, and at no charge filmed and photographed a bunch of ballet and performances. And that led me to meet other people and to interesting opportunities and, and uh, just a great decision. Same with whatever. Yeah. So no, that's awesome. I mean, everyone has something they can do for someone else. So if you're willing to do that for someone and you find someone that you're, that you believe in, that you're excited about, like, yeah, and, and just being of service too. I mean, because that yeah. that often just takes the, you know, takes our mind and away from the the cycle that we got going right. on in our head that's probably keeping mm -hmm. us there. So, kind of getting outside of yourself to help someone else, um, just is a easier way to, to not deal with your stuff sometimes yeah. too. Um, and so, I mean, I don't want to hold you too long. I appreciate your time. And so, like, what's what's next for you? I mean, uh, yeah, just roll with that. What's next? Well, the truth is, I don't know. Which is um, dope. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm 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 hopeful that I can continue making catfish. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a contract that'll probably take me through the year, and fingers crossed, MTV wants to do more, but they may not. Um, so next year could be the first year in ten years where I'm not 
making catfish anymore. Um, but I know that I'm, I'm committed to pursuing this running thing. So I know that I'll be doing some running stuff for sure in the future. Um, and I recently sort of started really getting serious. I, you know, I met my friend Kelvin who's here, um, who I, like, as I mentioned, I feel is very talented and wanted to sort of work with. So we've been working together, making a lot more video content, starting a YouTube channel, um, trying to get into that space a little bit more to kind of explore myself, but also show people vast interests that extend beyond catfish right, and, right. in terms of what I'm involved in, in my running and classic cars and my family and all that. Um, so, but yeah, but the, but the headline is, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, who, I have no idea. Yeah. I like that though. I mean, cause it's you in this, the way we are is we, we, we feel like we have to know, you know, like, and if you don't know your five-year plan or 10 year right. plan or whatever, it's like, you're the worst person ever and you're not going anywhere. But I just don't, I don't think that that's true. And it feels like to me that you're much more of a, a, a now person. Yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a very in the moment kind of great kind of guy, which I think <laughs> is great, but also gets a little scarier as you get older and have kids and you're like, yeah. you know, it's, tricky because i obviously you can't just yeah uh, yeah I, you know if i all of a sudden don't have a job then that that has an effect beyond me yeah. and i want to make sure i provide for my family so but i have a lot of ideas i have a lot of opportunities i've got other shows i've been developing and um things that i hope will happen yeah. but my life so far has sort of proven that the things that are going to happen are hard to predict and you just kind of have to keep trying things, letting, letting them go when it, they aren't working and then focusing on something new until something kind of hits, you know? So I don't know what the next thing is going to be. Uh, if, if it's running, that would be awesome, but it might also be like too easy, not easy, but like, it feels like it could, I don't know, it could come from anywhere. I have no idea. No, I think the running industry or world or whatever you want to call it, yeah. like needs more people um, like you that are, you know, um, that are good at many different things and bring a different vibe to running. So yeah, I think that you're on a very good path for this. Yeah, I'd love to make a TV show about running. I have some oh, ideas man. there. All right. But yeah, man, thank you so much for <laughs> yeah, your time here. Um, while you're here, though, uh, you have to go run on Pre's Trail. I, oh, I'm so glad. I was going to say I want to do a run tomorrow. I don't know what to do. So run on Pree's Trail. Right. For right, sure. Right. And um, I think it's um, not, it's Amazon Trail as well. But they're, they're, Okay. So I thought they're always like this. But so apparently a donor came in oh. and put a bunch of money into it to spruce up the, the trails. Okay. So it's like it's like running on. It's like hard packed. Like, it's running on pillows. Like you'll be running on it and it's just like, wow. oh, it's crazy. Right. Don't wear white shoes because they will be red at the end. But. It's the best running that you'll that you'll find. Is it right here? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. closest. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, it's oh yeah, it's actually over closer towards like the uh, right the the Oregon the right. yeah the university yeah, yeah for sure it's right over there so great yeah a bunch of spots should we go, go for there a run for tomorrow sure. morning? Um, if you're here on Tuesday, I'll run with you. Dang it! Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, thanks man. Time. Thanks so much. I really appreciate the time. My pleasure. Um, and shout out to Course for the shirt and watch. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Thanks, man. Appreciate right. it. <laughs> Bye.
Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please make sure you subscribe. Thank you, Neve, for uh, jumping on the show and giving um, your time while you're in Eugene. Uh, thank you to Howie Management, who is Neve's uh, management company. Thank you for hooking this up. It was kind of a last-minute thing and a really great opportunity to, for me to interview someone that's not a professional runner, not necessarily working in the running space. So it was really cool to uh, mix it up a bit in Neve's a legend. So I appreciate the time and uh, the connection there. Uh, please make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Please make sure you share it with your friends. Please review it or rate it or whatever you do. Five stars is what we're looking for. Uh, leave a comment and the reason why you love the show. And if I get, if I'm able to see it, I will definitely share it on Instagram and tag you if you leave your name and you know, Instagram handle. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on everywhere that you can. Uh, love you guys. Make sure you check out everything that Neve is doing. Peace out. <laughs>